podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're all whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, don't take it seriously. We're only bugging. <laughs> My name's Mark Webster. This is the Whistleblowers. I'd like to say we've got a full house because, of course, the ballon has gone up. I use that. I don't know, is ballon must be a word that means round or indeed, because it's from the French in the first place. But as long as we know that door means something that's shaking Stevens likes in green, <laughs> we can all be happy. And we'll understand that. That's, that's the grasp of the European football scene that I have here. Um, let me introduce you, everybody. Uh, I'll, I'll do it from my left-hand side for no other reason than that's how I would pass the Dutchie. <laughs> did you get that, Dan? I did. You're only a boy. You're only a mere boy. I, I think it was one of the first songs I really loved. Really? Yeah. So things went uphill from there then, didn't they? Mm, no. Depends, depends, <laughs> what you, depends, <laughs> depends what you think of my music taste, Mark. Uh, yeah, Dan Trelfer uh, is, is alongside, of course, uh, who, who's uh, who's been a voice on here uh, many times before, and he's an author, but of course he's a currently stalled author. I think that's the way we use it. You know, like sleeping actors... You know, them lazy sods who, you know, when they can't get no work no more. Well, Dan's found a way to stop writing by having a kid. That's worked yeah. quite nicely, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's going very well. <laughs> yes, <I'm sorry. laughs> In fact, we had to wake him up to get him here. <laughs> <laughs> he stops me from writing. I don't do any writing. It's fine. And job done. Tell you what, I've got some great ideas, though. Oh, I bet you I have. I have. I'll tell you what, what, do you know, when you've got a spare minute, you'll, you'll get them down, won't you? I will. <laughs> <laughs> Dan will be discussing, and of course, last time we saw, actually, funny enough, I I think the last time we heard Dan on here, um, well, it got ugly. I've got to be honest with you, lads. It <laughs> yeah. weren't pretty. Um, it, it's, it, the Harry Redman but QBR situation is not exactly at the top. Oh, we're going for that already, started. are we? No, 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 no the point no. I'm making is when, I, when I got in touch with Dan about doing this, he decided to make notes. I think he's going to read from paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Creepy. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Jeff Young, of course, who's famous from the Chels podcast and indeed uh, Jazz FM on a Sunday morning, bringing you many things like the Funky Sensation and, of course, the Jazz Fusion three quarters of a minute. Absolutely. Superb. Yeah. Uh, there I, you I, go. I, music I, tastes I, been all right. I, I listen to Jazz FM all I, the time. I've never been a fan of that kind of music, but um, apparently it's very popular amongst It the is, especially uh, the new Canadian smooth jazz slot. Oh! <laughs> That lasts a while. Can't wait. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Canadians are normally quite an aggressive Absolutely, people, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. That's cutting edge, trust Can't me. wait to hear that. Um, <laughs> Jeff's here to bring us uh, the, the Chelsea side of stories, which are basically is the bottom line of most stories in here. Um, but a, a gentleman sitting in front of him actually with hard copies of, which is a it almost brings a tear to everybody's eye is uh, Mr. Steve Goddard who who is and, and, and the lads have got copies in their hands they're Rattles and Rosettes um, it's a new book um, it's out is it out Steve? it's out it's available it's available. Be got welcome along Crystal Palace Man by I guess by nature and nurture and by birth round the corner from the stadium and yet you couldn't get away fast enough <laughs> well you know I've lived up north for the last 27 years yeah and what, so, what do they do? Where do they touch you, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> I married a northern girl. You see, ah, that was the problem. Okay. And they make them good up there. 
Nej, nej, oh God, no, 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 and you've been there at St Helens. He lives, he lives near where rugby gets. The worst rugby, actually. Well, I, I don't know. Did you like that rugby? I can't stand it. Good man. I really can't. And um, probably two the rugby, frustration. You've got the worst one, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. That, that, you're dead right. Chasing eggs is not my scene. But tell us a bit now, briefly, before we get started. Rattles and rosettes. It's the, the, the beauty of it is it's well the beauty of it is, or the point of it is of course it's a topical story. So just tell us what roughly we're, we're dealing with here. Well, I found a book uh, called To the Palace for the Cup, which is a pictorial guide and fantastic piece of history on the twenty FA Cup finals that took place at the Crystal Palace. Before the First World War. Right. Before and the First World before War. Before the First World there War. There were 20 of them. 20 FA Cup oh, no. finals. Crikey. And it's like a prehistory that nobody knows about. And yet, one of the biggest what crowds, 120,000. Nice yeah. 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 120,000 came to see Spurs play one, one FA Cup final at that ground. So this is pre-Wembley, and this is a whole history that we've forgotten about. And I looked at the pictures of these cloth cap northerners, because mainly the northern teams were the big teams at the time and and then I started to sort of think about I, the I should just add here Steve is without cap so <laughs> so he, he hasn't been completely he affected. might have been away for 27 yeah. years yeah. I'm without cap yeah. we have standards I could stand yeah. I could do with one with being a slaphead but, there is a um, wicket in the corner <laughs> but all these fans coming down to London for the first and only time they literally pawned their sideboards they pawned their pianos they pawned their beds yeah to get down because this was you know the one chance to see London, and one chance to see their team at, in an FA Cup final. And so I kind of thought about fever pitch and I thought about you know, following a fan on a cup run from Burnley, who um, and Burnley beat Liverpool in the FA Cup final in 1914. And then I thought, hang on a second, if I followed him, then maybe we can follow him into the First World War. Which makes and sense, so the obviously, whole thing yeah. then becomes really quite Lovely. interesting. Okay, well, we'll discuss that in a little bit more detail later on, of course. Um, but for now, let's let the, the, you know, and that's the kind of that's the nuts and bolts of the game that we, of course, know and love. Meanwhile, at the other end of it, um, Roy Hodgson, Dan uh, thought uh, that Mascherano was the best player in the, of the season. Yeah. Um, now we got to deal with this in numbers. Ronaldo got thirty-seven percent, Messi fifteen percent, and Noah got fifteen percent as well. Um, that doesn't add up to hundred. No. Well, I, I rounded it down for the for. Oh, there was those other people. There's lots of people in the vo- in the vote. Oh, I yeah. just thought it's not just between those three. Oh, okay. no, that's no, right. No, no. I thought they narrowed it down. No, to that's, that's your top three voting. Yeah. A three, and then bang, that was no, it. It's okay. like Apologies it's like someone's never watched the Eurovision Song Contest, isn't yeah. it? Sometimes, yeah. yeah, okay. But Robertson, now I don't know if this is is it comical. It's a bit the, the, comical. Yes, I think it is a I bit think, comical. I think it is, but can I just... I, I want to defend him a little bit. Oh. Because he's picked... All right, Javier Mascherano as the best player of the last year is an, is an odd choice. Mm. And Lineker had a bit of a go at him on Twitter saying, I can't believe you haven't picked Messi or Ronaldo because... He also picked Lam and Neuer, did he pick? I think he got, uh, basically he got his back four sorted out before yes, he worried about going yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah which, which sort of sums up his management, which was something <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, there's the but, thing. But I think it's a little bit odd that Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo's won because in a World Cup year, 
generally a World Cup winner wins the Ballon d'Or. That's sort of what happens. So that's why Noah's name was actually in the frame as the yeah, but, well, yeah, but the frame. No, I'm sorry, Noah's a bloody goalie. That's yeah, okay. why he didn't win. No, I'm, I agree with that. But yeah, yeah. But he's, a, no, he's, he's, a Ronaldo, he's a sweep only. That's, yeah, a, that's yeah. a horrible name. Sweep a keeper. Sweep only. Yeah, yeah. Sweep only is horrible. Yeah. Well, I'll use that again. But. Mascherano was probably Argentina's best player and they got to the World Cup final. Is it, is it that on. much of a ridiculous choice? Is Dan Trelfer, Steve, making uh, some okay, form Steve. of sense when we're uh, trying to mock? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, it wouldn't have been my choice. But Ronaldo played for Portugal, who were rubbish, and he scored one goal and they got knocked out in the first round. But he won the, yeah, he did. He, the Champions League. Yeah, he did. Not the Spanish <laughs> League, but the Super Cup and that cup. But a lot of other Real Madrid cup. players did And he well. scored 61 goals and he had 22 assists. And but, you can't help that if you play for a crap, you know, oh, well, um, Diego Maradona team. managed it. Italy won. Yeah, but Diego uh, Maradona won the, won the goddamn tournament. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but Cup, the rest of them world, weren't bad. All okay, I'm saying okay. is, in a World Cup year, a, a generally a player that gets the World Cup final will win the Ballon d'Or because so they won the World Cup. Fair point. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 Dan. I, I, trust me. I, I, I mean, Ronaldo. I, un- I understand. Yeah. I understand. Why was the goalie Steve understand. ever winning this? I mean, no. Is it? We can ask. When, when, when was the last goalie who won it? Uh, Lev. Was, was Lev. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I can tell you. Yashin won it in about sixty-three. A good old Yashin. Led Yashin. Yeah. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. I only know this because I was listening to a program this morning where they were kind of discussing the kind of thing <laughs> we're talking about now, and it came up. Yashin apparently won it in about sixty-three or something. Who won it in sixty-six then? Out of interest. Oh, I don't know. We would need to be googling. No, that no, you stuff, would. Oh, well, there you are. There's yeah, a question. I'd, say, I'd tell you who would have won it if he was playing with David Luiz, because of course he's made it into their Ballon d'Or All Star Eleven. Well, the Twitterati went into meltdown <laughs> last night when uh, Sideshow Bob was uh, <laughs> voted into the team. I don't think anybody knows how that happened. But I, the best thing I love about that is Thiago Silva, who is. Genu- genuinely is a brilliant he's alright yeah, he's alright yeah. and did very well for Brazil so, and did he I think he missed the semi didn't he he, he did off. otherwise so he, two of the back four of the uh, Ballon d'Or team would have been on the yeah. worst drubbing at home by an international side <laughs> of all time <laughs> yeah, yeah. but Thiago oh, Silva to get, to get David Luiz in the team Thiago Silva got shunted to left back She's just that's like, true so not yeah. only did David Luiz get in the team he's apparently better than Thiago Silva, Thiago Silva. one who has was, to accommodate him doesn't he strange um, so, t- t- Ronaldo I actually had to do, 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 did a, a review of the of the documentary that Sky Sports wrote about it, and he's an amazing story based on the fact that he is. There wasn't a man involved in Ronaldo's sort of upbringing in terms of football uh, and in friendship that didn't say this fella hasn't done so much work to be this good. And although we know he preens. And we know he's done his eyebrows, and we know the haircut, we know he's sort of his teeth out. But quite frankly, he is that good, though, isn't he? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yeah, as well, I put it. Yeah. You know, I mean, he is—he's horribly good when he's good, and and I suppose it shows up when he fails. You're surprised he fails. Yeah, and that's which is rare, player. of course, as well. Absolutely. Isn't it? I was going to say, when yeah. does he fail? Yeah, but he does fail for Portugal. Portugal are yeah. a decent yeah, side, but and they came third in their group. Yeah, it's true. Like if I, if he is that are they, good, are they though, Dan? They're all right. They're all right. So they came third in the group. If if Ronaldo played for England, right? 
If Ronaldo played for England, we'd have qualified through our group. I'm not saying we'd have won it, but uh, we'd have through our group. Well, well, but what you're and, saying and is that Portugal and England were on a par, Ten appalling footballers. Quite possibly. And, and, the, and, and the, the Ronaldo, w- w- they're so bad that Ronaldo couldn't carry them through. Of course, is the issue there with that, with that yeah. argument, of yeah. course. Yeah. Now, now, interestingly about Ronaldo. Can we talk about Ronaldo's vote? We talk about, uh, talk about who uh, Roy Hodgson voted for. Can we yeah. talk about who Ronaldo voted for? Uh, which was not Lionel Messi. No. no. Funny enough, this is definitely this is Eurovision. This is definitely all of the former Euro- the yeah, Russian it, countries it very much voting. Is, it yeah. very much is. Making sure case. that a plinky plonky song gets yeah. across the line, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Who yeah, comes yeah. first, Sergio Ramos, after Spain's complete embarrassment? He's the best player in the world, is he, Sergio? No, Ramos? no, no, no. I think I think he got that vote because he scored the equaliser in the Champions League final. Yeah, yeah, true. Seconds Probably. from the end. Uh, second, Gareth Bale, and third. Karim Benzema So he's picked Three of his mates He's well picked done. three of Thanks his mates that, But you know what I think Gareth Bale Had a pretty decent season uh, And I and Real Madrid didn't so even Win their own league Yeah Can I we know. just make that point But he what? won The Not Copa one del Rey From Atletico Madrid Gareth Bale Won the If you don't mind If you don't mind Me interrupting Your two Andrea Lads Yeah But um Steve, are you, do you admire the fact that Dan doesn't enjoy the idea of democracy in action? <laughs> Which is the opportunity for people to actually make their own singular choice. <laughs> um, right, no. and that's a direct slur at you, Dan, yes, and, and I, I won't even let Steve answer it. No. Um, what I'm more interested in is this Ronaldo and Bale thing, which is a nice little way that the story has picked up here. Ronaldo's been very interested about this. He said people will be, uh, will be nice with him, and they should be nice. Things with Gaz, which I think is great that it's what Chris calls, him Gaz, calls Gaz. Yeah. Um, this is after that weekend, of course, where he failed to pass the ball in his general direction. But, of course, this is the point about a, a, a fellow like this. He's, he's a singular in his, in his attitude, isn't he? He wants to, get, he wants to do it himself. You, you mean um, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Ronaldo himself? Yeah. <laughs> How do you accommodate for that? I mean, I've got to, I, I'm impressed with the manager that he can hold all that ego and that testosterone together yes. to create a team. Because when you see a classic, good English-British team, it actually is about a team. Yeah. And very often it isn't about individuals. It's actually about creating a rhythm and creating a concept. That's right. And of course, but, the old days of Real Madrid, a Galactico, you had one Galactico. The idea, they, they're, yeah. they're trying to accommodate six. Exactly. Yeah, but, yeah, How but, does he, so full marks to the manager. Yeah. Because you're dealing with that ego must not be easy. Steve, you are talking about Carlo Ancelotti, who did it at AC Milan. He did it at Genius Chelsea, at this, isn't he? and mm. now he's done it at Real Madrid. And I think the Real Madrid dichotomy is the club is far more political than any other club he'll ever work in. But he singularly has kept working with the team. He knows how to deal with those kind of players. That guy is a top, top manager. And when we binned him at Chelsea, I thought it was a disgrace. But that's another yeah. story. No, you're absolutely right. Mm. They did for him there. I, I quite like the fact that um, the, <laughs> the quotes that have come out afterwards is that... Um, uh, is that Cristiano Ronaldo st- says he still thinks about Man United? So I, I just wonder if Mrs. Madrid says, um, when you're playing for us, are you thinking about another team? <laughs> <laughs> 
no, 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 darling. No, 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 no. It's, it's, um, this is great. Um, this, we're having, this is a brilliant match that I'm involved in here. And I've got my eyes You're fully open. in Madrid and you think of Manchester. That's a bit weird. That is, that is about as crazy. Just, it's all crap. He only yeah. thinks about himself. I mean, again, look at the Champions League final. He scores from the penalty spot. It's the fourth goal. Yeah. And he runs off like it's hit. It, well, again, I love that Guardian email, the fiver that goes out every day. Their nickname for Ronaldo is him. Yeah. Because yeah. it's all about yeah. him. Yeah. And they never refer to him as Cristiano Ronaldo. They In say, many ways, he's a perfect and Real Madrid, Chelsea player. Isn't him he? this week, you know. And that's, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But, but is he still. <laughs> but he strikes me still as an asset. I mean, because there, there is conversation. He's a bit of an asset. He's not a bad yeah, player. That's what I mean. Yeah. He's, like, he, he's not like. He, 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 the, 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 I, I suppose Balotelli would be sort of the argument in the sense where you're going to talk about a kid who. Would like it to be, be him, sh- or should be, <laughs> should a, a be part, him, should be an asset, should be something that, that can stand out, and yet doesn't fit. Whereas Ronaldo makes himself fit into an eleven. Balotelli clears, has lost the effort to do that, Steve. I don't understand Balotelli at all. No, I've got to be honest with you. I, I don't. I'm, I've, I've watched him. I've thought, okay, what's his real skill here? What is it? What does he bring to the party? And other than that, the odd touch. The yeah. old flick. I mean, certainly for Liverpool, nothing. But if he, if he, he probably thinks he's as good as Ronaldo. Yeah. But what he doesn't understand is the principle of being what a football player is, being a teammate is. Because, yeah. it, as Jeff says, you know, Ronaldo, all strikers are selfish. That's the inherent nature of them being. Yeah, a, right. But there's no two ways about it. You know, Ronaldo's part of, of an eleven. Whereas yeah. Balotelli, just there's no sense of that at all, is there? No, I, I can't see it. I think there's a wider discussion about players that have to work really, really hard to get where they get to, and there are players that are just naturally genius, and there are players that also waste their genius, and I think there's a lot of discussion about Ravel Morrison at West Ham at the moment. quite right. And there are people like uh, Balotelli, who seem to have... An inherent huge amount of talent, and they yet, yet they seem to manage to self destruct and waste it. And yet, you look at Ronaldo, he's 30 now, and he's still working really, really hard to stay, That's what at, I mean. to stay at the top of his game. So, I think fair play to him. No, he's, he's been that kind of footballer. What's the, the, the little spin off of all of this, Dan, which is, which is fun? But technically shouldn't be discussed, and of course naturally will be, because financial fair play being the somewhat arsehole of an idea that it currently clearly is, is that Lionel Messi's name, of course, has cropped up in terms of the Chelsea. Probably because they're the the football team that can afford him. I don't know where I'll be next year, is the quote that has now been issued about him. Um, He also gave uh, Jose Mourinho uh, the uh, third vote in coaching. Third vote in coaching. Although although he never won anything last year. No. So there's a two and two putting together here. But the point about this is I think it's the simple question. Let's, 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 Let's get this down to the basics. Does Messi still be a great footballer playing in the Premier League? Could could you see him being great playing in the Premier League? Yeah, of course. He's, he's incredible. Yeah, incredible he is. Obviously, well, I would, but I would, in I would, our I would, league, in our league, yeah. yes, yeah. easily, easily, he'd, yeah. walk, he'd walk this league as he, he does everywhere. He get kicked a lot more, that's for yeah. sure. But yeah. they have a go at know, kicking him a lot more. They they'd kick him a lot in Spain. Always, yeah, always they kick there. him a lot in Spain, but I think he get kicked even more. I think he. Is there, some, is there such thing as getting kicked even worse? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah, okay. I'm telling you now, he's never going to play in the Premier League. Well, 
because of financial fair play. It can't be done. You can't even Chelsea you, can't manipulate no, the rules. No, 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 you can't. You can't do it because you can't sign the bloke for 100 million quid. You then can't pay him another 200 million quid over three, four, five years, and and sit with financial fair play. That's a lot of bloody shirts. 300 million quid is a lot well, Ro- of shirts. But what if Roman bought all the shirts? Which, of uh, yeah. course, is about how it works, isn't yeah. it? But it's, it's, it's not going to happen. He's not going to play for Man City, who are, it looks like are at it again with all kinds of sub-companies. And, and are they going to admit to signing Boney like they did with Lampard? I don't know. But that's another story. But, yeah, yeah, I, I, I just don't think... Messi is going to play in the Premier League. He's going to have to play for Barcelona for the rest of his life because of financial fair play. Unless he plays for someone who can't possibly be. So he goes to Turkey. So yeah, and and here's the thing: do we? Yeah, do yeah. we think we may have... It's a slightly annoying fact is that this may be the truth, isn't it? Is that we may not see Lionel Messi on a different stage. Because if he's a little bit... If he's a little bit, you know, fed up with playing at Barcelona, we may have to watch him playing fed up with Barcelona for five years. I'll tell you what I'm hearing here. Throughout this whole time, we're yeah. talking Europe, this is totally against, to me, what I have grown up with in British football. Because we're obsessed by superstars. We're obsessed by. I'm the sorry, next everyone big can't player. be David Swindler, Steve. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but, but it is Every now and then a good football will break out. <laughs> we, we don't care down at Sellers Park because it's the experience of you've being got there. Wilfried, you've, we, got, we've you've got, got Wilfred Zaha back. Of course we have. We have. So and, you and are part of the us. problem, not the solution. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that everybody is so obsessed because the telly is bringing us these pictures from abroad. But would you not want and, to see and, Messi and playing we in go, England, though? No, I'm not bothered. No? No, I am not interested. Okay. Because I'm talking to you about the experience of going down on a Saturday afternoon, watching half a bunch of local lads and half of uh, that have yeah. been imported, and watching a game of football that I identify with. I do not identify with a guy on 100 million quid who's cost the club that amount of money and who's strutting around and making £200,000 a week. It is not interesting to me. I am interested in the concept of club football. I'm interested in British football and I'm interested in in that as a future rather than as the whole glorified concept that we've that is imported to us because of the telling. Well, I think I think you're I think you're spot on. I think that um that's not the case. I don't think people are obsessed with superstars. I don't think foot fans are obsessed with superstars. I think that the media is obsessed with superstars, which is a different thing. And they sell it to us. And yes. the thing is... But they if, sell it to us, ask, but we don't, okay, most of us who okay, go every week okay, don't let, buy let me t- Okay, but let me say, why is everybody saying the best atmosphere at the moment in the Premier League is where? At your place. Right. Uh, yeah, and but why? it's not. It's a myth. Okay, you think it's a myth? <laughs> <laughs> no, joking, what I'm saying is, what I'm yeah, saying, the reason right. is that we've been through two administrations in the last ten years, and as a club we come together... And whoever's on the park, we're just pleased to be there because we're watching a football team mm. play football for us. The rest of it is like, so what? Because yeah, when you yeah, no, when you've reached every, that every, and so Steve, all of this talk about the big superstars does be, not interest us. Everybody can't be Crystal Palace, and you've got to play other football teams. So okay, yeah, this, I, unless you play yourselves every <laughs> week, this is a somewhat bizarre argument. Good footballers playing in our league surely is a good thing, Jeffrey. Okay, I just need to jump in here and rewind on what Steve has just said. And um, 
I don't necessarily disagree with what you've just said, Steve, but I, I also kind of disagree for one reason, and that was when uh, Argentina recently played at Upton Park. I saw a reaction on social media of tons of West Ham fans absolutely beside themselves with joy. Because Carlos Tevez was coming home. No, yeah. no, no. Oh, Th- yeah. They were able to go to Upton Park and see Lionel Messi in the flesh. That's true. Good. Sorry, yes. yes and, right. um, and I kind of joke. But that is something that hasn't changed since and the And they filled the stadium up. Wait, wait, wait. Pele played at Plymouth. Yeah, I mean, I kind of joke with a lot of my West Ham mates, oh, you sad bastards, we get to see him once a year because we were in the Champions League. But, yeah, I mean, I was actually really surprised by how over the top they were about being able to see Lionel Messi play in the flesh on their grass. It's, I, I thought it was a, this is, quite quite amazing. It's to not be con- honest. It's, with it's you. not con- not interesting to us. It's, it's not content. You wait. Maybe if he could play for you, it might change. It's got exciting ball Italian player or two is nice. That's the but point. that's my point. If the whole thing is obsessed by the next big superstar and the next big package that comes over and almost wrecks a club, that yeah, is yeah, the, no, that's the no, issue. I, I think you're right there. I think where Dan is right is the fans love it. Which is my West Ham inference, where yeah. the fans are there and they're just so into the fact that they're going to be able to see this bloke jinking down the exactly. wing in the flesh. The stage exactly. is big nowadays. Uh, we, we need to uh, we need to move on because uh, bizarre, we're, we're running out of time. We need to get some more, slightly more domestic, and of course the fact that we we've we've forgotten that Dan has spent a lot of time today making notes, trying to be measured about the fact that QPR. Probably couldn't be as worse as they are at the moment under the manager that is Harry Redknapp. Dan, to you. Um, well, uh, as, as, as we can see, we've 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 lost uh, every away game this season. Yes, you have. We've um, we've we've lost three 0 at home to Sheffield United, League One Sheffield United in the FA Cup. He's doing very well so far, lads. He's measured. I told you, he'd be measured. It's brilliant. This is superb. Carry on. Um, I'm not really sure what it would take for the papers. Or anyone to start demanding that Harry Redknapp should probably resign or be fired. Because the thing is, if QPR, when we sacked Mark Hughes, had appointed a foreign manager that people had, you know, the media had vaguely heard of, and he got us relegated after only winning four games, and then got us promoted, fortunately, in the playoffs, and then lost his first 11 away games, can you imagine? What the media will be doing now? His voice is going and up a little bit, lads. Imagine. It's like comment- I'm doing the commentary on Dan at the moment. Dan's yeah. voice has gone up a little bit. I think. I think second gear. I yeah. think the problem Neil is Brand Dan. Neil Brand. Just, just stepping moment, in. Try uh, to say, yeah. At the moment, there are other. There are a couple of other targets for the media to focus on. Whoa. But I think it, it's an interesting point. I think it. I think it won't be. I think it won't be long. Redknapp is never a target. Well, actually, although. Have it, after the Burnley game, a couple of journalists have started to turn. It's quite interesting. Mm. That hasn't really happened. I, to be honest, have, I, the, fir- I, I have, think, the, have the fans turned, Dan? Uh, I think the majority of fans would rather that he go, but I think the majority of fans are also quite realistic and they think that the board won't. 
we'll let him run his uh, let his run, his run out to the end of the season. It's, it's the classic thing, isn't it? It's it's um it's it's what everyone says about Arsenal when they all start going. Well, Wenger's got to go. It's it's like who comes in. Hmm. Well, with Arsenal, you've, you've got a very small pool of managers who could come in there because you, you want a very good manager. With us, you, you don't, you know, there's a much bigger pool. Well, we're, it, a, we're a small yeah. club who aren't very good. But so. Palace is, a, is, is, a, is an interesting example, isn't it? Because, of course, you know, uh, Steve Parrish, isn't it, who, who said Walnut was a mistake, Pardew's the fix. But we're still talking about two. We're still talking about two of the usual suspects, aren't we? Of course, when we do discuss those names, Steve. It's, it's funny, Steve, that Parrish is now saying Warnock was a mistake. I think ninety-nine percent of fans in the media thought it was a mistake before he appointed him. So, why, why did it go wrong? I think he was. Ju- it was just the shock of losing. Um And I think that he didn't want to put somebody in there, uh, you know, for a long-term idea, because he wasn't sure. And he's obviously too early for Pardew at that stage as well still, And he was was mates with Warnock. Warnock was in the wings. He was cheap, let's be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have to buy him out. And Warnock actually, I felt, had a bit of unfinished business at at Sellers because of what happened with the administration. He does like the club, genuinely. And I think he wanted to come back and give it a go. That's why I thought it was a bit churlish of the manager to say that, or the owner, to say that it was a mistake to Mm. actually bring him back, you know, in in Pardew's weight, though. No, I agree with you. But Pardew, of course, is an interesting character. That was in parentheses, if anyone (laughs) needs it to be. Um, Got a great win. It was a brilliant win against Tottenham, wasn't it? That oh, dear me, fabulous win, well, and we needed it. Boy, yeah. did we need it! Um, because if uh, let's be honest with you, the, the attention has taken off Palace. If if he'd lost, we'd have been right down among the dead men. Oh, well, I mean, we're not far in. away from it. All right, careful. But <laughs> <laughs> but the point was, you know, the media have turned away from us for a week. If we lose at Burnley on Saturday, different ball game. Right, let's do it while we're, while we're here. Let's we discuss that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we, no, we need to, but Burnley Palace is, is is important to the, the book, of course. Just explain to us why. Well, I, I looked at a. I wanted to chart a Burnley fan in 1914, um, and I found it interesting living up north to to kind of compare the culture of a fan, as I said earlier, who who was you know impoverished, a minor, a young lad of 16 who um, can't even get to his home club because he lives 40, 50 miles away. And so, therefore, I'm comparing that with the fan in 2010 who's a Palace fan, and we jump between the two fans from one era to another, um, who can hop on a plane and and go and see his his team up in Newcastle, which he does. And as a result of doing that, he he jeopardises his relationship with his girlfriend. And that's kind of the story in 2010. Obsession, what does it do to your relationships? So I'm actually talking much more about the social context of football, what happens around you with your family, than I am interested in what happens on the pitch. So everybody knows Burnley beat Liverpool 1-0 in the final at the Crystal Palace in 1940. They know Palace came out of administration. But how does that affect us as fans? I was really interested in that. And so really, this match on Saturday in Burnley versus Palace is a special significance to me because of, of the fact that having researched Burnley and their history, not being a fan, but having researched yeah, the history see that. and compared it against uh, a sort of southern middle class sort of kid in in 2010, overqualified, too many opportunities compared with the kid in 
recording. I found that really nice interesting. Nice Love it. Yeah, that's Steve, a Rattles and Rose. That's a Steve's do, book. Yeah. Do Burnley know about the book? They do. Um, they Are they going to talk about it in this week's programme? I hope or so, but I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm hoping so. The Palace have been great and they've covered it um, uh, many times. Cool. Um, and I'm, I'm pleased about it. Well, I hope they do. I hope yeah, they do. It's thank a great you. story. But the big one, before we go, um, which, which is interesting for me, is after the weekend. And, and, and this is just a chance to look back. I, I, I think something, something pivotal about Southampton beating Manchester United in, in what was a, probably the best game of football I think I saw over the weekend as well. And Ronald Koeman probably really enjoying beating Van Gaal, which of course has always been something in their makeup anyway. There, there wasn't too much eye to eye on the handshake. No. No, no, really I was wasn't. watching that for was it. Me too. They just about managed to touch each other, <laughs> yeah. I think. The, 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 Dutch, the Dutch invented football, <laughs> yeah. but of course now it's a dispute between which of those two Dutchmen invented <laughs> yeah. football, of course, is, <laughs> yeah. the, is, is the gist there. It yeah. seems strange there'd be some tension between Dutch, yeah, exactly. Dutch football people. Never seen that before. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't happen internationally. No, so no, no, no. Never will yeah. they go away on, no. uh, on tournaments or nothing like that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to have a look at Man United uh, with QBR. Yeah. Um, in, in the not too distant future. Um, are they set up to be ready to challenge what we're going to talk about, the grown ups? Well, are you talking about Southampton or Man U? No, United. Man United. United. Oh. I'd, I'd, I, I watched the game on uh, on Sunday and I I was r- really disappointed with Man United as I've been in probably most games I've watched them in this season. I, I, and uh, Robin Van Persie went off and Gary Neville said, "Well, that, you know, and since he's gone off, he's he's really you know they've lost their cutting edge." I thought I didn't even know he was on the pitch. What are you talking <laughs> about? I, I, I don't know how they're as high as they are. They, I, I have not been impressed with them once this season. They're as high obviously, as they obviously are they'll because everybody us, else isn't that great, which is why they won the league by 11 points before Fergie. They, they, they're used to this, aren't they? In, in, in sort of just sort of muddling through, mm. Jeff, aren't they? They're so, but, but, but Van Gaal's not used to this. Van Gaal doesn't make any noises that would give anybody any comments. We have to be better, we have to improve, is the last, is the fr- last phrase out of his mouth at the back of that. I, I, well, he must have I, said that. I, that's how many clear. games they played well, this season? He must clear. have said that every. Yeah, one. it's a mantra, isn't it? Yeah, but he's, but he's he's not fixing it though, is he? Or is he? No, he's not. They've still got terrible problems at the back. I mean, really, when you look at the front end of the team, they should be scoring for fun. Yeah. The back end of the team is in oh, terrible Falcao, shape. Falcao, Rooney, and Van Persie. Oh, Falcao in the stand. Drop. What's that about? Maybe we need a man you fan to tell us about. That. You know, if what we're told, you know, you were talking, Steve, about. Well, how we're sold superstars. Falcao, Rooney, and Van Persie. And, and, I think and, and, Steve would approve that a £280,000 a week footballer from... from, uh, from is in the stand. He's in the stand. He's in the stand. Yeah. Yeah. We love yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we I've, love no, it. No, but, but here's the... Are United going to get, get their act together enough to make it right for Van Gaal and for United this season, you think, Steve? Is there, have they done enough? I think they may squeeze fourth. But who cares? You think they'll... But you think... Well, they, well, they care, because Van Gaal has said... Oh, I know. FA Cup run and fourth. He I, said I FA Cup run and fourth. But they might squeeze it, and that's all. But yeah, but you I know what? I can't see anything it, else it, beyond right. that. Yeah. If they don't make the Champions League, they're in such oh, big absolutely. trouble. Well, that's the point, though. That's yeah. Financially. Yeah. That's the key about this. For, is this fourth become... Is it as good as fourth or exciting as fourth has ever been this year? Well, well, because fourth, Arsenal need fourth. Well, yeah. the, well, the interesting thing about fourth is if you come fifth, you are fifty million quid in terms of earnings 
behind the team that come fourth. Oh, that thing. That oh, thank thing. you, Jeff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the Champions League money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's not that Man U are. Uh, not in the Champions League They're also 50 million quid Behind their rivals mm. In terms of spending power Players Etc Etc That's why it's so important For them to be in there That's why it'd be so nice If that's Southampton it. Made <laughs> Absolutely Yeah <laughs> I, I absolutely because, concur Because with the that. beauty of Southampton Is of course uh, With Koeman And the leftovers From the squad That was decimated That yep. he was presented with Yeah is as good as football teams you've seen all season. And they, long, they were great. Correct. They were great on Sunday. Yeah, they were great. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, um, obviously, I don't think Tottenham and Liverpool are going to make a difference. But I'm really not sure whether Southampton can hang on. So I do think the top four might no, be granted. Chelsea, Man U, Arsenal. So Slippery. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're probably right. But <laughs> Southampton winning at Old Trafford. But lads. It we was, can it, dream. It, it was we great. can dream. It was great. Uh, you can't dream, Jeff. You're Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> you bought the dream. You don't count. We're still buying <laughs> it. <laughs> no one cares what you're still paying it off. <laughs> if, if you I dream, must admit, if I you must start to find a bit, you throw another hundred million pound at it. No one cares what you think. I must admit, I thought Man U were, were going to win Saturday. Uh, sorry, Sunday, and then of course. They were pretty rubbish And God bless Matter His shooting boots Weren't on Otherwise United Would have got a bit Of a result Yeah But yeah I mean I, I, I just think What happened to them On Sunday Is, is what's been Going on all season Every, Just when they think Or Van Gaal thinks they've, they've turned a corner They patently haven't That team needs Still another Major shake up but they've still got to make fourth. Gentlemen, uh, we've run out of time. Thank you very much. Jeff Young, of course. Thank you. Dan Trelfer, thank you very much indeed. Steve Goddard, the book Rattles and Rosettes is available now. www.rattlesandrosettes.com Now there's an address. There's an address. <laughs> Covers it quite nicely indeed. Everybody, that was the whistleblowers. Time now to go away and think about Man U. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.